today. If you would take your Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 8, and also Exodus, chapter number 19. So good to see you. Happy Father's Day to each and all you fathers and to you mothers who made us fathers. We appreciate you too. What a blessing. I'm going to bring you a message this morning from Romans chapter number 8. I know you're partially there. And Exodus chapter number 19. And I want to bring a message entitled, The Approachable Father. The Approachable Father. Now what we want to do is look at God and see how approachable He is and how at times He has been unapproachable. And you know, there, there are people in all of our minds that... Uh, you, you think of someone and, and you think of how much understanding they have and how approachable they are, um, how kind they are, how much they will apply themselves and empathy, they will, uh, empathy that they will apply to your situation. And then we think of people who are really distant and stoic and they just seem to be unapproachable. Well, I want to tell you this morning before we start the message that we have an approachable father. Amen. And what a blessing that is to be able to come to the throne room of God with our petitions, with our prayers, with our requests. I praise God this morning for the kindness and love of our Heavenly Father. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we read. Father, we're grateful for the day. I pray you'd help us to focus now on the Word of God and who you are. Lord, I pray you'd reveal yourself to us this morning. I pray this morning, if there be one lost that does not know you as their Heavenly Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray the Spirit of God would deal with them, bring them to Christ, and Christ could ultimately bring them to the Father, and salvation would be complete in the Trinity. And Father, we pray now you'd bless the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 15, very familiar passage of Scripture. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, wherewith we cry, Abba, Father. Now watch that word, Abba, Father. That word, Abba, only appears three times in all of Scripture. It is the Greek word which comes from an Aramaic word, and so since it was an Aramaic word translated into the Greek and translated into English, then the translators, I appreciate them for doing this, the King James translators, left the word alone, and they just left it alone. So Abba does not seem to be part of our English language, yet it really is, because Abba simply means, write it in your Bible above that, Abba simply means daddy or papa. Isn't that a wonderful term for God? That he's our heavenly father. Now, you know, it, it is a term, this term Abba Father is a term of endearment. I'm glad we can be close to our heavenly father. Somebody say amen. What a blessing to be close to God. And you know, as I thought about this, I never called my father, father. <laughs> That's because it, it would make him seem, seem distant or remote or aloof. I never called my father, father. I never once said, father, could you play baseball with me? Not once did I ever say that because that made him seem distant. But I want you to notice too that I never called my father George either. My name is George. You would think I would be comfortable saying the name George. I'm a junior. My dad was George Sr. But I never called him George. That would have seemed disrespectful. 
As a matter of fact, if I would have called my dad George, I think he would have mashed my mouth. <laughs> so I never... So when I consider this word Abba Father, the word Father makes him seem aloof, but to call him George would make me feel disrespectful. So I just called him Daddy. Dad. Aren't you glad that we have a heavenly father that is depicted here as called our daddy? We don't have to be irreverent to call him by his personal name, and we don't have to be so impersonal as to, uh, to call him father and make him seem distant. You and I can have an affectionate, close relationship with God the Father. Amen. That's a real blessing. Amen. And so... I respected my dad. He provided for me. I respected him for that. My dad corrected me when I needed correcting, amen, and I revered him for that, but there was nevertheless an affectionate relationship, amen. I liked it when dad took me fishing. I mean, as a little boy, there was nothing I loved better to do than go up to the barn and dig some worms, I mean, we dig ahead an old mannequin, we dig worms, and I couldn't wait to get them squiggly, wiggly, squirmy worms and put a hook in them and throw them out and hope to catch a big fish. And so what a blessing it was to be close to my dad. And so he, my dad was, though I revered him and though I respected him, uh, I loved him. He was my little league coach, amen. And when, uh, when our team won... He, he would take us all to Ma's and Paul's. What a treat. And we would get all get, Dad would buy some milkshake. And I'm going to tell you something. I got jealous when Dad bought the whole team a milkshake. Because <laughs> back in the 70s, you got about two milkshakes a year. And when your dad bought the whole team one, you th you'd think in your mind, well, he could have bought 15 for me instead of buying the whole team. Oh, but you know what? Let's boil that down for us today. You know, we not, ought not be jealous of our fellow Christians. Amen. God is your father, the same as he's my father. And I ought not be jealous when God blesses you. Amen. We ought not to look at each other. Hey, I ought to pray that God would bless my brothers and sisters in Christ. As he blesses you, he blesses me. Amen. So it is with God. Jehovah is his sacred proper name. And I don't even like to say that name out loud. Just as saying my dad's name, George, out loud. I remember going to school. And when I was, a, uh, you know, you'd go to school and they'd say, what's your mother and father's name? And it felt kind of irreverent for me to even answer that question. Are y'all with me? Is that, is that gone from today's society? I think somewhat it is. And, and it felt irreverent. But Jehovah is his proper name. And it makes me feel kind of funny to even repeat that name. Jehovah, like calling my dad George, I'm glad I can call him Father. I'm glad I can call him Papa. I'm glad I can call him Daddy. It means that I can crawl up. When my dad would come home from work and I would crawl up on his lap as he'd try to rest on the couch, poor guy couldn't get a break from me. I'd be crawling all over him. You know, that's how we ought to be with God. We ought, he, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Don't give him a break. Amen. The Bible tells us that we're invited to come to God consistently. Amen. And so Jesus said, come unto me, you that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. The Bible says, Jesus said, cast your care upon me, for I care for you. Listen, 
That sounds very informal and inviting. So help God help us to take our cares to him. Someone is approachable who is a good listener. Someone is approachable who will help you in the time of need. But I want us to look now, I want you to turn back to Exodus chapter number 19, and let's consider something here that is unapproachable in, in Exodus 19. I want you to see this in the Old Testament as we think about God today being approachable because Christ has died, because grace abounds. Let's go back to Exodus chapter number 19. We're going to read 15 verses. Now I want you to pay close attention as we begin reading Exodus 19. And verse number 10. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, The people are in the wilderness, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Look how much respect and reverence is demanded here. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that ye go not up to the mount, nor touch the border of it. For whosoever toucheth the mount shall surely be put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man shall not live. And when the trumpet sounded long, they shall come up to the mount. Moses went down from the mount to the people and sanctified them, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it shall come to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and a voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was camp in the camp trembled. Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether, that is the lower part of the mount, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, upon the top of the mountain. The Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. Moses went up, and the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds around about the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, and thou and Aaron with thee, but let not the priests and the people break through to come upon the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down to the people and spake to them. Now let's get the picture of what's going on here. I had to read that extensively just so we would get an idea of the Old Testament God that is still the New Testament God and understand the difference between the two. The giving of the law here on Mount Sinai, God was going to come down and give the law to the people. Let me tell you something. You know what sets people apart from animals? It is a law. But the reason that people do not behave 
like animals is because there are laws in place. Somebody say amen. And that law is holy and that law is righteous. And God was going to come down and give these holy, basically holy, righteous, divine rules unto the people. And it demanded respect. It demanded reverence. And I want you to imagine Israel standing at the bottom of the mountain. There was a, there was a police line, you might say, around that mountain and nobody could touch it. And God came down on that mountain and as God himself came down, the mountain began to shake and to quake and there were a fire that came on that mountain. And they were looking, standing there looking at this smoking, shaking mountain. Their clothes had been washed. There were no sexual relationships for three days with their family. And I want you to imagine how unapproachable God seemed here. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it would be stoned or thrust through with a dart. So we see a picture of God here that is formidable. It is unapproachable. It's frigid. It's impossible. Personal. There were barriers that kept the people from God, and those same barriers kept God from the people. Well, we shouldn't think that's too strange. We shouldn't think that's kind of something weird, because still, uh, great men or high men or men of authority demand respect, don't they? If you go into a community, sometimes there are lots of wealthy people who live there, and uh, there's a gated, it's a gated community. That means they don't want to be approached. Are y'all with me? Uh, we find that at the White House. They've got the White House cordoned off. Now, great men are often unapproachable. They don't want their lives intruded on. And so God was saying this here, I don't want to be intruded on as I give this law, which is very, very holy. I think of courthouses. We used to build courthouses where you had to ascend the steps and the judge inside of the courthouse sat higher than the people and it, he had to be requested to even approach the bench and talk to the judge. Are y'all with me? So God, as he gives the law, demanded reverence. God, as he gives the law, demands respect. You know something? You know why our world's in a mess? We've lost our respect for God. Christ has died on the cross of Calvary and brought God down to our level. Now we have a mediator between God and man. And today's church, in today's church and in today's age of grace, we can approach the throne of God very boldly. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find grace to help in the time of need. And yet we've trampled on that. We, we've lost our respect. We've lost our reverence for God. And our country and our world is in a mess because of it. So don't think it's kind of weird that God was unapproachable here. There is a distance because of respect. But Jesus Christ has given his life for us. Listen to this. For the Bible says what the law could not do, that which came down on Sinai. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, the Bible says, condemn sin in the flesh 
flesh. I'm glad this morning as Job cried in the Old Testament when all Job's trouble came upon him, Job cried and said, Oh, that there were a daysman between me and God. God seemed so distant in my, in my grief and in my pain and in my trouble. God seemed so distant. I wish there were a daysman who could take my hand and take the hand of God and bring us together. Well, dear friend, you and I don't have to long for that today because Jesus Christ is now our daysman. Amen. Jesus Christ is now our mediator and we can approach the very throne of God. The mountain here in Exodus was so distant and remote because there was no mediator. But today, listen to what the Bible says, but now he hath obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he's the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Now that Christ has died, you know what we can do? We don't have to stand off from God and say, Oh, I'm afraid to approach the throne of God. I realize how holy He is. I realize how righteous He is. I realize the power of God and the smoking, quaking effect of coming. Oh, we don't have to be like that. Jesus teaches us to pray. And He taught His disciples to pray this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Our Father is who He is. In heaven is where He is. Hallowed be Thy name is His authority or His position. As Jesus teaches His disciples to pray, He's introducing them to a new level of intimacy with God. Let me tell you something. That thrills me. Because years ago when I got saved, I came to Jesus Christ, repenting of my sins, trusting Him as my Savior, and He introduced me to a new level of intimacy with God. One minute God was not my Father, though He was my Creator, but the next minute after receiving Christ and getting saved, God became my Heavenly Father. Amen. And though my earthly father in just a few years from that time would be dead, and I'd have no leadership and guidance as a young 15-year-old boy, I still had a heavenly father who will never die. Amen. I still had a heavenly father who would help me and be with me through all my trials and troubles. Thank God. So Jesus teaches as the only begotten son of the father that he has purchased our salvation through his death upon the cross. Thank God. He's not the lawgiver. He's the grace giver. You need grace today. Let me tell you something about this age of grace. It is absolutely available to you. Do you need grace for life? Do you need grace for your mind? Do you need grace for your finances? Do you need grace for your job and the things you do in life? That grace is readily available because of what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. Thank God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 32, but he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how freely he will give us all things. Amen. I think of other things in the, in the Old Testament, or even in the New Testament, that were unapproachable. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? And the Good Samaritan story starts like this. There was a man who went down to Jericho and he fell among thieves and they robbed him and they beat him up and those thieves left this man for dead. And as he laid on the side of the road, there came a priest by. And that priest in his 
reverence, and, he, and they call, I'm sure they called him reverend, and they had all these titles. He passed by, and he wouldn't do anything about that situation. He was aloof, distant, remote. And then not only did the priest come by, but the Levite came by. And the Levite was supposed to be a religious man, trained in the law, a scribe in the law. And he passes by this thief, or this man who fell among thieves, and he was aloof. And the Bible says he walked by on the other side of the road, incompassionate, unapproachable, distant, remote. And the Bible says, then along comes a Samaritan. And the Samaritan really had, had no claim to religion. The Samaritan was basically a half-breed Jew and Gentile. And, and the Samaritan comes by, but he had compassion on this man. And he bound up his wounds and he took him down and paid for his room in the motel. And, and the Bible says that that Samaritan was the one who did the will of God. So sometimes people, religion can make people seem aloof or distant. I think of Jesus. Sometimes Jesus retreated to the mountains. Jesus did not retreat to the mountains because he wanted to be distant and unapproachable. Jesus retreated sometimes to the mountains just simply because he needed rest. Somebody say amen. And sometimes you and I are just going to have to make ourselves unapproachable when we need rest. Amen. Life will tend to wear you out. And you need, even Christ himself needed those times. I think of another time when Christ seemed so very unapproachable. He was walking with his disciples. And a woman comes to him and says, Lord, will you heal my daughter. Now I want you to pay close attention. This is in Matthew, let's see, where was I? Matthew chapter number 15, if you want to read it. You don't have to turn there. And a woman comes to Jesus and she says, will you heal my daughter? And the Bible says Jesus answered her not a word. That's kind of, isn't that kind of rude? As Jesus stands there and the Bible says he answered her not a word. She had no claim on him yet. And the Bible says even the disciples said, send her away, send her away. But the woman wouldn't leave. And he finally just told her, he said, listen, I am not sent to the Gentiles. I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus was sent to Israel for a ministry. But she wouldn't leave. This Gentile lady, she wouldn't leave. She needed help. She needed the divine help of God. Nothing else would do. And the woman worshipped him and said, help me, Lord. But the Bible says he answered and said, listen to this, listen to his reply. After not even speaking to her at first, he said this, it is not meat to take the children's meat and cast it to the dogs. Boy, that's kind of arrogant. Y'all with me? But yet, she wouldn't give up on Christ. You know what she said? She said, yea, Lord, even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And boy, when she said that, that touched the very heart of God. Her humility touched the heart of God. Her, her worship touched the heart of God. Her importunity or her continual coming touched the very heart of God. And Jesus healed her daughter. The unapproachable God became approachable because of her humility, because of her diligence. Oh, listen, I think of how Jesus humbled himself and became 
flesh and came to a manger, that Jesus became approachable. We see him in his ministry as he holds children, as he writes that, leans down and writes upon the ground. He said as in his suffering, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart. I think of how Jesus has healed us in salvation. The Bible says because the Spirit of God has sent forth, God has sent forth a Spirit into your hearts crying, Abba, Father, there's that word again. The Lord Jesus Christ has humbled himself. And the Bible says he became humble, even and even obedient, even to the death of the cross. And that opened up the way for me and you to have this personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. No longer do we have an unapproachable mountain. We have an approachable Heavenly Father. No wonder are we under this law that says, if you touch this mountain, you'll be thrust through with a dart. No, we have an approachable Heavenly Father who tells us to ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. To ask is one thing. To seek is another step. To knock takes action. You see in this A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock, there is a progressive intensity in action. And we're told to come to him. Jesus said it like this. If a son were to ask his father for a fish, would his father give him a snake? If a son were to ask for a piece of bread, would his father give him a stone? In John 17, our Lord calls God Holy Father. He calls him Righteous Father. He's pleading to God as he intercedes on our behalf. Amen. Thank God. He welcomes us to come to him. Amen. Your coming to God is not an inconvenience to him. Amen. Your coming to God and asking for supply, praying for others, interceding for others, is not remote. It is not impersonal. God is not indifferent or unsympathetic to us. He'll give us, the Bible says, our requests. Amen. I remember one time, and <clears throat> as an example, uh, years and years, probably about 25 years ago, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to let you enter into my prayer life personally for just a moment. I, I honestly don't ask the Lord for much. I literally pray, Lord, your will be done in my life. That, that's my prayer. If, if the Lord were to open up heaven right now and say, George, you can have anything you want, I'd say, Lord, I'll take your will. I would. But I remember about 25 years ago, and I've never had this happen before or since. I was up in the loft of the barn, and I had the hay stacked around, and I was praying. And uh, as I prayed, it was like the Lord just opened up heaven, and, and it was like, what do you want? And I'm like, you're asking me what I want? I mean, it was, that was just the feeling I got as I prayed. Is it my birthday or something, Lord? I mean, is it Christmas? And the Lord said, what do you want? And I said, I'd like to have a bulldozer. <laughs> I mean, the Lord asked, so I told him what I wanted. And uh, I said, Lord, I, you know, I've got some property I'd like to clean up. I've got some trees that need to be logged off. And Lord, that'd just be a blessing for me to have a piece of equipment like that. 
Listen, I didn't realize it, but just a short way not far from my barn was another barn, and I had no clue that in that barn was a bulldozer. And I met that man at the cattle market, and we got to talking. He said, I've got a little dozer for sale. Would you like to buy it? I said, ding. <laughs> we didn't even have to haul it. We drove it from his barn to my barn. I didn't even know what was that. It was exactly, listen to me, it was exactly what I needed. Amen. I mean, I had to get a farm loan, and I had to go to work, and I had to saw trees, and I had to take it off all my taxes, but it finally paid for itself. The Lord blessed me. Are you all with me? But God help us to realize we have a heavenly Father who is approachable, who will meet our need. Amen. Now let me just say this before I move on and I've got to close. God is not a heavenly vending machine. Some people think that we just walk up to the Lord and we just push the button that we want and it happens. Well, that's just simply not so. Amen. He will meet our need. He will supply what we need. He will even give us things that we ask for sometime. Amen. But he's not there as a heavenly genie. Like rubbing your Bible is not like rubbing an Aladdin's lamp. Amen. And so God help us to realize we do have an approachable Father. The Bible says be careful. That means to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, <clears throat> let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. We don't have to come to God as an intruder or an uninvited guest, but we can come as an intimate child. What a blessing. And this morning as I close the message, I want to invite you to crawl up on his lap. I loved when I was a kid to crawl up on my dad's lap. But you know what? The Lord invites us the same way. Come unto me. I'll give you what you need. I'll be your father. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What about you, dear friend, this morning? Do you need a relationship with God? What drew you to the house of God this morning? If you'll be honest with yourself, you, you were drawn here because you wanted to touch, get in touch with heaven. You were drawn here because you realize the answer's not in the world. The answer's not in Washington, D.C. The answer's not in politics. You were drawn here because you know there's a divine answer but you don't know God this morning and I our heart breaks for you you need this relationship with God and that relationship can only come through Jesus Christ and right now in your seat with nobody looking around I invite you this morning to come to Jesus Christ I invite you to move and Move up to closer to our Heavenly Father through Christ. He's paid the way, died on the cross. Christ can take your hand and the hand of the Father and bring them together. Would you come to Christ this morning? The Lord's spoken to your heart. The Lord's dealing with you. Would you just slip out of your seat and Brian will take a Bible, show you how you can come to Christ show you how you can walk out of this church and say, oh, 
I now have a relationship with the God who created the world. I now have a relationship with Christ who died on the cross. Don't put that off. God created you to know Him. God created you to come to Him. You'll never be complete. Listen to me carefully. You'll never be complete without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll never be complete without a relationship with God the Father. We wait for just a moment. And then Dad, as we dismiss, are you an approachable Father? Are you aloof and distant, impersonal, forbidding, frigid, unsympathetic, distant, detached? Or are you approachable? God help us to take this little thought and apply it to our homes. God help you, if you don't know Christ, to realize you need that relationship with Christ. Oh, He's touching your heart this morning. He wants you to come. He wants you to get saved. He died for you. He loves you. He appeals to your heart right now to come to Him. All you that are weary and heavy laden, you can find rest in Christ. You can find rest on the Father's lap. Don't turn God away. He's asking you to come.